Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. Today's story comes from Robert Bo Brabo. Bo is a retired chief warrant officer in the U.S. Army, a leadership-driven speaker, an author, and a podcast host. During his time in the service, Bo was the chief of HR operations with the White House Communications Agency and presidential communications officer for both President George W. Bush and President Barack Obama. In sharing his story, Bo provides lessons in leadership, grit, resilience, and ingenuity. Enjoy the conversation. I know I did. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate uh, opportunity to talk with you on your podcast. My name is Robert Bo Brabo. I go by Bo. Uh, I had, you know, this amazing career in the United States Army. Uh, I retired in 2013. But what was fascinating to me, it's the once in a lifetime opportunity type of thing. I spent a total of 10 years uh, supporting the White House directly uh, under the White House military office and specifically the White House Communications Agency as uh, chief of human resource operations and uh, presidential communications officer for both President Bush and then the transition uh, leading into President Obama. So I, w- I had that opportunity of leading teams, communication teams around the country, throughout Washington, D.C., uh, supporting events uh, with the president directly. Uh, I had one. It's I think it's my only only claim to fame. But man, was it a just kind of a neat experience where I sat I sat in an office that I had set up for President Obama in Denver at the Science Museum uh, about three weeks after he took office in 2009, and the office is filled with all this uh, uh, scary looking army equipment, if you will, secure telephones, secure video teleconferencing system in this great big box. Um, Looked intimidating, and I don't think anybody wanted to touch anything from his staff. And as soon as he was finished signing the, uh, was the 2009 TARP bill uh, to help bring us out of the recession back then, uh, we went backstage into this office I had all set up and ready for him. And him and I sat there uh, for about 30 minutes, just the two of us, and we were. I was dialing into uh, conference calls with the White House communications director back in D.C., our visual um, or audio control center and these radio DJs. So the president was doing interviews uh, with radio DJs and I'd get the DJ on the phone and uh, tell him the president was ready. And then, you know, the president would do the interview and we'd go on to the next one. Um, but I literally, yeah, claim to fame for me is my 30 minutes of, you know, getting to work to literally just the, the president and I work sitting there working, doing this, these radio interviews. And I think really in the end, it was all because they were new and they didn't want to touch the equipment. 
Like it just was uh, intimidating. So opportunity for me went off without a hitch. Um, fascinating times. For sure. Well, first, thanks for your service. I know we both have the army service uh, background, and and it, and I think it's really interesting for those that are probably listening. They don't know a lot about, you know, as you describe some of that equipment, and as you yeah. describe it, I'm having flashbacks, man, because I, <laughs> I remember bet. as a comms officer setting right. up the VTCs and all these things. It's it's interesting. Like today, you know, spinning up a Teams, a Zoom, mm-hmm. a this, a Squadcast, right? It's yeah. just So it's like click and go. Right. Uh, Break down for me a little bit, or for those that don't know, when you say like how much equipment there is, and and there are people who have never done the VTCs the way that we used to have to do them, right? Connecting on each end and making sure you've got it. With yeah. the equipment, the secure telephones, it's it's like two of everything that that, oh. that you have, like on each shoulder, right? That you're yeah. carrying all this equipment. So break that down for us. Yeah. So so literally, um, it was um, in that scenario when you're thinking about. Uh, when you really break it down and you think about, you know, it's the president of the United States, commander in chief, you know, most powerful office, you know, some would say in the world, uh, you know, it's more than two pieces of equipment. It's it's redundancy to the redundancy to the redundancy to the main piece of equipment that you're going to use because, you know, you, you cannot afford. Um, whenever I get an opportunity to speak about this, I bring up this term called zero defect environment, which is not, which is not the military in general. I mean, errors happen, things happen. Um, but in this scenario, uh, you are really trying to perform and build these teams to perform in a zero defect environment because you cannot have, you just can't afford for something to go wrong. Um, so you had all this equipment uh, that was from, you know, having, actual f- new phone lines installed, you know, within a matter of a few days before the president arrives. So you have landline capability and you have all of your um, mobile secure and unsecure, secure, meaning, you know, when we say secure, we're talking, you know, being able to talk um, with encryption so that, you know, you can talk at the highest classification levels uh, that the president might need to speak to uh, and, and literally having them available. So I would literally be walking around in a suit and tie and I'd have, um, just as an individual, I would have like my radio, um, which was secure, you know, and that's where you got the little earpiece in and we supported the secret service as well. So everybody's got their earpiece and a little microphone, you know, coming out of your sleeve and you're talking up by your wrist. Um, so that's hooked to your, it's actually kind of a cool piece of, um, uh, um, apparel, if you will. So these, these handheld radios, uh, if you put it on your belt loop, uh, and you're walking around for you know 12, 18 hours, whatever. Um, it doesn't work too well. So you actually have this thing that you put around your shoulders. It almost looks like a gun holster, um, but it's a holster for the radio. So it's all supported. It's underneath your jacket, so nobody sees it. And that's one piece of equipment. And then you've got. I think I had two or three different types of cell phones um, available. And Uh, so like literally if something happened and the landline didn't work or whatever, it's like literally, Hey, here's, you're ripping out this phone and here's another option. And if that went down or wasn't connecting, here's this. And, um, yeah, you've got, you've just got all this stuff covered in pockets and stuff on your, on your body and your person. But then in the actual room, um, these offices that we would set up just, just in case they needed to be used. Uh, it, it was, I mean, you've got these, um, uh, they've changed today, but but over time, technology changes. Um, these secure telephones that really look like a, um, a little small suitcase. Um, and they all, you know, everything has to travel. So I think the best way for me to describe it for listeners is think about like a rock band 
traveling and touring around the country and they have these semi trucks full of all their equipment and in these transit cases, you know, that was us. You have all of your equipment show up in the back of a semi truck and it's in these hard, hard plastic transit cases, you know, all protected from, uh, from phones and radio equipment and uh, video teleconferencing equipment uh, because it's just not the kind of stuff that you're going to go rent or try to rent. You wouldn't even be able to rent it um, specifically when you get to someplace. So you got to take it all with you. You know, it's, it's no different than, I guess, deploying. You take your equipment yeah. with you. Um, so s- same scenario. It's stuff that we keep in our possession. We maintain it. We use it. You know, it's not going out to um, out to the economy. You know, this is for, in that scenario, from a military perspective, it's, the, it's supporting the commander-in-chief. And um, lots of equipment, lots of movement, uh, and so forth. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm I'm pretty sure one of the exercise one of the exercises that I actually got to to do a lot of comms lead on was actually based in Hawaii. It's probably possible you were on the other side because it was an interagency exercise that actually had to do with the pandemic. So oh. I was in Hawaii, and we were basically on the island of Kauai. And uh, we were treating it as exercise, right? You, you go through this actual rehearsal as if it's really happening. And I was the guy that had, you know, on each, on each shoulder, right? I have to go test every port yes. where the internet comes in. That's right. I have to get, uh, as you said, redundancy. I have to get the four nines that show me, you know, the throughput. We uh-huh. spun up an Adobe Connect. Remember Adobe Connect, if you yeah, remember that? I do. And we pulled in all these people from VTC, Homeland Security, White House, Health and Human Services, CDC. Mm-hmm. And every morning and every night, I was the person who had to make sure that whole bridge happened without, without uh, uh, you know, loss. Uh, and... It was it was very exciting, but man, was it nerve wracking too? Because yeah. you're depending on not only equipment, but to help people understand. I mean, things have to go through essentially the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So you can you can spin up as much as you want on your side, but it still has to go through a pipe somewhere. Yeah, right. No, you're uh, absolutely right. Yeah, um, it was yeah, fascinating that, to do. Yeah, that was always um, one of the things I found uh, truly rewarding about that assignment was you know you go into a city. And there's still all these different uh, individuals that you have to work with in order to get your job done. And a lot of them were not, uh, were not fellow military folks or even government folks. It's the local phone company and the internet provider. And I had to negotiate um, with the internet provider on the island of Kauai. Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you just uh, you don't have a choice. It has to get done. And, oh, by the way, you know, I don't have a month to get it done. You know, the president's showing up in six days. So I've got a few days. And... What I what I love having had that opportunity and what it did for me and and I think the people around me it it really brought home the um, the the need to uh, in order to, to in order to do this stuff and to pull these missions off successfully uh, you, number one you had to have a team where everybody's really performing at that high level and then how do you get to that point how do you get fifteen people or so that are all performing like super I mean the best the best of the best type of people. Um, and it, it really, from a leadership perspective, uh, it helped me, I mean, learn to, uh, man, to the highest level possible of what it means to really empower your people, right? And to trust them and to build the competencies and have confidence. And what does that take from a training perspective and communication and, um, all the things that go with uh, team leadership and so forth, uh, and then having 
taking that and bring that out into the corporate world uh, has been has just been it, it was so rewarding for me. And to be able to share that with others now uh, is just as rewarding. Yeah, I mean, it, one of the things I'd love to, to get your, your thoughts on, the transition time you had mentioned, going mm-hmm. between President Bush and President Obama, and naturally people are thinking about the transition that happened just recently, right? Mm-hmm. It's very different. I mean, we're in a pandemic, mm-hmm. like the inauguration was different, obviously, without getting to any of the political differences, that had to be a pretty different transition. So I'm curious, what was your, what was that transition like from President Bush to President Obama as the communications officer lead? And then from where you sit now watching what has yeah. happened this yeah. year does it like do you do you find yourself saying oh i imagine this is this is even more difficult or maybe even easier because of the you know conditions uh, yeah. less people i'm just curious your thoughts on that yeah you know what's uh what's really great about that question um i can watch i can watch these transitions happen today or the the previous one from president obama to president trump and now president trump to president biden and and I have this because I had that experience. Um, I know what these teams are dealing with. And the greatest thing, I think it's one of the greatest things that just a lot of people don't know about. And even though, you know, you could Google it and find it, um, but if you don't know what to search for, you're, you're, you're just not going to know. Um, there's standards. There's, there's standards. There's protocol. Um, and, it's, and it's a really good thing uh, that we have that we have the White House military office, I think that really provides the stability, right? Because you have this, when you have a change of administration, it's all new people. Um, they, don't, they don't know what to expect. They've been campaigning, you know, um, President Biden and some of his staff, because he was a VP, I'm sure had a lot more awareness than somebody who'd never been there before had. Um, but, but you have these requirements from a uh, presidential communication standpoint and standard operating procedures. And it's literally, it's like a giant, you know, the planning starts happening nine, 12 months prior to the, or getting ready just in case it changes. Um, or when you know it's going to change, you have all this planning, you have this whole team. Um, and it's like, a honestly, Bill, it's like a giant training event, right? Uh, people switch, you know, that's going to happen. And when the new people get in, they have to learn. Uh, so yep. they're, they're, you know, it's like drinking a fire hose, you know, and they have to learn quickly, but it's who's, who are the ones teaching them? Um, I have so much faith in, in these teams because I've, I've been there, I've done that. I, I know the level of skill and expertise that they have. Um, I think they're the ones holding it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Until, yeah. I, I was going to say, I've, I've had a lot of friends who have been, uh, you know, worked in, in the White House um, in various you know, various forms, military, civilian. And one of the things that I always admired from them was there was really never a day off. Um, yeah, no. And their mind operates in such a way that, you know, it's, they're always thinking plan A, plan B, mm-hmm. plan C, plan D. And one of the things that I picked up from the military and definitely brought into my, you know, my corporate persona and corporate life is that, that essentially, which is you should always have a plan A, plan B, plan C, C.1.2.3. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, yeah. you've thought through all the all the iterations, but that never that never really fails anybody to put that time in to do the implications thinking, to do the rehearsals, to do that like this is a training event. Yeah. Um that's a muscle to yeah. grow. Uh, and it's really important. And and here we are in the world where frankly, we're doing things we've never done before. But much of what we're pulling on are those are those intuitive tacit knowledge things mm-hmm. that you learned, that I learned, 
uh, in the days of the military and obviously in your days in, in, in civilian leadership too. Yeah. No, I agree completely. I think having, uh, yeah, plan A, plan B, plan C, you have to know, um, you have to know kind of, kind of where to go on without, without, I guess when it's, when it's time or you're in the event or you're in the action, um, already having planned, you know, where that next, you know, are you going to turn right? You're going to turn left depending upon our, you know, is plan A happening well and is it being executed or is, are we being diverted to plan B and already kind of knowing where to go. Um, I think that is a huge military, uh, asset, you know, and when you get people that have been through that and you can bring that out into the corporate world, it's fantastic. Um, the, I'll give you a, an example of that that I thought was was really profound. Brought it home for me even more when I was writing my book. Um, I had uh, co-founder of JetBlue Airways wrote the foreword for my book, and and he happened to be one of my grad school professors. Uh, but he was a former Navy. Uh, his name's Mike Barger. He was a former Navy Top Gun pilot and chief instructor. Um, got out like when he was in his mid thirties and started JetBlue with his uh, brother and another gentleman, but. Uh, in many conversations that I had with him, and we're talking about crisis leadership and so forth, um, he, he talks about his time at JetBlue being in charge of uh, training and operations. And, you know, when, an, when a crisis hits an airline, um, if, if, whether it's something on the runway, any type of crisis, man, they, they have the plan A, plan B, plan C. And they, you know, to describe it, they whip out the book. And here it is. This happened. Go to the list. This is this. This is what we start executing. Something goes. Something goes awry in that list of what we have to execute. Transition over to Plan B, right? So it's like they're not thinking about it when it's happening. They've thought about it before it happens, right? Which I, like you said uh, just a few minutes ago, there's there's really no time wasted when you put the effort in beforehand, um, so that you're really ready to execute yeah. when it's when it's time. And I'm curious, I mean, obviously, you know, in your book, From the Battlefield to the White House to the Boardroom, I mean, those are like three very succinct experiences, but all of it requires you to be sharp of mind, clear of mind, you know, healthy body, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on like when when we are programmed to think this way, right? When, when we're Even when we're not working, right? Or yeah. just about to go to sleep. How do you restore? Like, how do, how do we... How do we turn off in some way? And I think, I mean, the example you gave about the airline is is very powerful because I think back to like Captain Sully, right? If yeah. you ever saw the film or read the book, it's just fascinating to watch that as you describe, you just go into that. It's, it, is, it is almost instinctual that you go through that list and then you process the emotions later. Mm -hmm. Was that the, was, is that an accurate sort of assessment as it's portrayed in some of the media and some of the books? What was your experience like you know, from, from that standpoint, I've always got to be on, but how do I turn off? Yeah. Um, I think that is exactly how it is. Like you're, you're, you, once you turn it on, um, and you're in constant, uh, go mode, if you will. Uh, and then, and then turning it off I had a conversation recently about this. Um, it's difficult. So, so if there, whether something goes wrong or even things that go right, Right and it, and everything goes off without a hitch and it was great. Um, you still have an emotion or a euphoria that hey wow that was awesome you know that went super super well. Um, I think you have to. I think this is where the importance of I talk about this a lot. Um, and in, and the army does it super well uh, most of the time after action reviews and actually reviewing 
you know, when an event ends, um, I don't care if it's a good event, a crisis, whatever, but when your event project comes to an end, comes to fruition, it's pulling that whole team back together, giving everybody the open floor to discuss from beginning to end what we just went through, you know, ups, downs, what went well, what didn't go well, how could we attack the things that didn't go well in the future? Um, so you 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 have to get that out of your out of your mind, off your mind, or it is the stuff that will when you lay turn the light off, and now you you can't shut it off because you're you're forced to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think about the tape that rolls in our head every night, right before we before we truly go to sleep. And I've been working on this for for many years. You know, I I. I kind of started a meditation journey about six, seven years ago, and it's been a real game changer for me. Because at one point, you know, to be candid, my husband got up in the middle of the night and he said, I can't, I can't watch, I can't watch you come undone like this anymore. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially composing emails aloud in your sleep. And, um, and that's really hard to watch somebody kind of, you know, at, at the, at the ends of, and what you're doing is you're replaying these things um, and you're not getting that that restorative time. And so I think it was about seven years ago and I'm grateful that he got me up in the mm-hmm. night and said, I don't know what I don't know what you have to research or what you have to do, but we've got to fi- you got to find a better way. Uh, wow. And I remember coming out on the couch and just typing in anxiety, stress, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, talking in sleep, like ideas or something and i stumbled upon uh an article by headspace which was a meditation app Mm -hmm. and um it's been a game changer for me but it's just so interesting to learn how much i was not able to turn some of that off but at the same time you're right bo like those are the things that 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 helped me survive right those are the things that made me successful in my career those are the things that got me to where i'm at today and it's it's a fascinating you know, conversation that we have with ourselves. We're like, all right, this brain got me to, got me the degrees, got me through school, got me through the army, right? And at some point, this brain, uh, if it doesn't necessarily restore, rest, cycle down, mm-hmm. um, it, it can do some damage because, you know, we is the bi- the mind-body thing. It's a balance. And I know you know that as, mm-hmm. as someone who takes care of yourself physically and mentally. Um, so I'm curious from that standpoint of, you know, the mind body when you were coming out of the military and making the shift to you know civilian and some of the boardrooms is that a discussion that comes up i know for veterans it's really hard for us to to downshift to give ourselves a break to give ourselves some grace uh is that something you end up talking about a lot with folks or guests on your podcast as well yeah we do talk about that a lot with guests on our with guests on our podcast um for sure um, one specific episode uh, that we just did, no, I think it's been about six weeks ago that we released um, with Kiki Osterbrook. And man, it, the way she put it, because she has experience in the space of connecting um, mind, body, and literally why you don't go to sleep at night and why it's still something is still on your mind and still bothering you. She gets into it. She explains it in, in very a good layman term so listeners and everybody can understand. Um, it's why I go back to, um, you know, th- things like um, whether it's veterans or whatever, and you get together with groups and you talk about things and you get things out and you deal with these things. Um, 
whether it's uh, whether it's e- think about it. You just t- you just mentioned it. Emails you didn't send, or emails you think you need to send. You didn't you didn't deal with a situation during the day uh, that you thought you should have dealt with. It all hits you when the light goes off. It's the darkness um, because that's the time when the brain literally cannot shut it off, and you have no other stimuli in front of you. You're trying to lay down on the bed, and I mean, it's this is literally the physical thing that's happening. You lay down, the lights go off. All right, so you're not at your computer, you're not talking to your partner, you're not talking to your employees or your clients or anybody else, it's just you. And then everything you did not deal with or you thought you needed to deal with or as you still have to deal with is is all there and and you can't you cannot physically shut it off. So like you said, if you have if you find a way to meditate, um whether or you have people that you talk to, I think it's the importance of having mentors and coaches and uh, literally reviewing things with your team, uh, addressing things when you can address them, when it's time to address them during the day uh, so that it doesn't, doesn't linger. Uh, or, you know, things like, you know, if you have conversations that you have to have with people, even if you don't have them, but you get it scheduled. You know, you get it on the you get it on the books to have that conversation will help you um, not think about it uh, when you go to bed at night because you know well I'm going to take care of this tomorrow it's already set I don't have to worry about it it's going to get resolved um, physical fitness super important uh, and then your healthy lifestyle um, eating right if you can mm-hmm. uh, it's all connected um, right. it really is. Mind gut. I mean, I've read so much about like what you eat, yeah, and how that how that like plays out in your body, and then ultimately affects your brain health. It's, I mean, all of it's connected. We're learning so much about that. Um, you know, I'm curious uh, from the from the standpoint. Obviously, you have a podcast as well. Um, it's been about a year that you've had the podcast going. Is that right? Yeah, a year this month. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, would love to get your your kind of insights on just kind of the whole ecosystem. Um, I've been playing in the space for about five years. In five years, a lot has changed. It's kind of like the technology stuff, right? And mm-hmm. we were talking about the Signal Core. Like when I first went into Signal Core, I was doing what they call POTS, plain old telephone systems. You know, yeah, when I, I left- POTS, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I left, I was doing cybersecurity. So it's like a complete, you know, 12 year spectrum. But, uh, and podcasting is a little bit that way too, um, in terms of where it started, where it's gone, where it's going. I would love your thoughts as someone who's, you know, clearly you started the podcast with a vision. One of the things I love about the page that you have set up is you have this tab called our why, like mm-hmm. why we're doing this. Can yeah. you elaborate on that a little bit um, for listeners? Yeah, I think um, if you're going to start, whether you have a podcast or you're going to start a podcast, the cool thing about podcasting, if you have the if you have the the wherewithal to do it, is really anyone can do it. Right, you don't have to have an agent. You don't have to have a studio. You, I mean, you can you can do it. And it's, I would say, it's one of those things. You know, the barrier to entry is very low, right? But if you want to, if you want it to be sustainable over time, you definitely need to think about the purpose and why you're and why you're doing it. And if you don't have purpose, kind of like life, if you don't have, if you don't feel like you have purpose or you haven't found your purpose, it's going to be really hard to to grind through your podcast, you know, week in, week out, uh, cause it's, it's, it's time consuming, right. And whether, and if, whether you're going to have a podcast where it's just you, or you're going to have guests on your podcast or a combination, you know, what is it that you're going to, what you're going to do and what are you going to talk about? Um, so, so 
I, I happened to set out with a co-host, um, uh, a friend of mine, Luke, and um, you know we kind of thought about and we talked about it, and we wanted to have a purpose, and our purpose was to help people. Um, this actually comes from Army NCO uh, tagline, if you will, in the leadership style of be no do. So we, we adopted the, we want to help people be better, know better, and do better. Yeah. Um, through our own experiences or those of our guests. Uh, so we've been incredibly fortunate to get some just amazing guests and people who have been through from diff- all different types of backgrounds, professional athletes, military folks, business entrepreneurs, um, you name it, and talk about kind of like we're talking about. It's the up. They've talked about the ups and downs of life what they've gone through, what their struggles have been. And in doing so, you can learn from other people's mistakes. You can learn from the things they did right, right. Um, and take some of those things out of, the, of what you're hearing and maybe employ them in your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned as much from the guests on our show as probably our listeners have because yeah. uh, you just have this opportunity. Here's one thing I love. It sets up an opportunity to talk to people you probably would have never talked to in your life. Um, so true. You have this platform and people like to, just like me with you now, I, I enjoy getting on a podcast and speaking um, and sharing. You know, there's a lot of people that want to share their stories. Yeah. Um, we were just talking last night. We recorded an episode last night with our fifth um, former NFL uh, player. Um, what you can learn from those guys is incredible. Uh, their, their determination, their stamina, especially from a young age. Of mm-hmm. trying to be absolutely the best at their craft, that's powerful stuff to listen to listen to their stories and how they got there. Not that they were an NFL player, but how they got there and everything that they had to do in life to get there, and the commitment and dedication that it takes. And then many of them, you know, when they come out, it's just kind of like a military member. It's what, the after story. It's the right. after story. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, you know, did they manage their money right? Did they not manage it right? Did they hit rock bottom? Our, our, one of them that we uh, spoke with, I mean, was literally like $400 left. He was on the, on the verge of being homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had six years in the NFL. To, I mean, there are some really powerful, powerful stories. That drives me uh, to keep going. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so interesting because the, the be no do, that, that's exactly why when I was looking at your stuff, I was like, it clicked because I was like, "Oh, I remember this. This, yeah. is, I can see, I can see the imagery with the be no do, and and I'm really glad that you, you know, you built on that. I think it's also interesting. You talk about uh, the, you know, sort of the drive that you get hearing other people's stories because there's, you know, I've I've done a lot of research, obviously, on different podcasts. I listen to a lot. Obviously, you know, as someone who contributes in mm-hmm. to the ecosystem, that I've benefited from a lot. I I, I share that a lot in sense of. Sometimes I, I I take these podcast episodes with me and I go on walks and and some ways that's the, the mental health you know check-in sure. for, me for the day right and there's a gentleman named Michael Gervais he's the sports psychologist for the Seattle Seahawks and a number of NFL mm-hmm. and uh, other you know other uh, athletes and he talks a lot with Olympians yeah and it's exactly the same thing the experience that the Olympians talked about which is the minute that you're done with the race or the jump or whatever it is. You know, you've built up for this thing, mm-hmm. and then it's over. Yeah. Well, who are you the minute, the second, the moment after the the race is over, the jump is done, the dive is done? 
nobody really prepares them for that. And and it's so interesting when I listen to those those stories, all of that veteran stuff comes up in me. Right? It's the same 100%. thing. And I think to myself, we are more alike than we are different as humans. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful to hear that stuff. And I love that you're connecting with people and hearing those stories because you know, I can read a science textbook, I can read a psychology book, mm-hmm. but there's a piece around the story that makes it real and that you hear in the, in the earbuds that you're listening to somebody talking, you hear yourself and you're, you're like, I don't feel alone in this moment. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about this ecosystem and that so many people are joining it. And I agree with you, the barrier of entry has decreased significantly. And I tell people, your voice is needed out there. Your story needs to be echoed. That's why I started this, right? It was to create a platform to echo stories that need to be told. Um, and, then I, and then I just kind of let it be, right? Like I don't, I don't really have to, to do a lot of churn and burn and search and gather. Yeah. Um, it finds its way. I'm sure it's the same for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I'm. Sometimes I'm dumbfounded um, as to who says uh, who says yes. You know, it might just be my. We, we literally. Um, my daughter's actually our social media manager, the one I was telling you about before awesome. the show. Yeah. And even she she helps us with outreach, and she'll just she'll send an email to somebody or a, a direct message on Instagram or something. Say, hey, we have this podcast. Would you like to be a guest? It's amazing who says yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, some guys from, um, uh, they just said yes, Broken Roots from America's Got Talent. They made it to the, oh, yeah. to the finals. Yeah. Uh, their story, they're, they're, yeah, we're, we're working a date to record an episode with be them. a great one, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's amazing because, you know, it's two gentlemen, um, you know, their story to even get in their, they're in their 40s today. So how they got to where they are, that's what we focus on. It's like, okay, yes. you might have some celebrity, you were on TV, um, but how did you get here? Right. Uh, there are some, people have amazing journeys. And then you can really start, because um, we will sometimes reference while we're in one podcast, reference another episode and see what our guests think about, mm-hmm. think about what someone else had to say. And sometimes there's a lot of similarities. So then you can, then we start tying together for the listeners and say, look, this gentleman grew up in the, you know, in the, the cotton fields of Mississippi, mm-hmm. and he made it to the White House. Wrote a book. This one grew up in um, Atlanta or Washington D.C. and and from very different backgrounds, but the things that they're dealing with to get to um, success in life, however they've defined it. The 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 human grit, the resiliency, the commitment and dedication. Those are common themes that you start to see in all of these people, yeah. um, and I think that's what's powerful. That's the stuff that we that we both feel compelled to echo. Yeah, right. Because we've we've had the opportunity to work with 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 people and see those stories, mm-hmm. you know, firsthand, our own stories, and yeah. and we're not done. Right? right. That's the other thing too. I tell people like, hang on a second. This is not your last chapter. Yeah. Uh, we got a blank page tomorrow like you said, with the after action reviews, we get an opportunity for a do-over and I always reserve the right to learn. You couldn't say it better. That is perfect. And it's not over till it's over type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. I know uh, my sister, I have a younger sister, just a few years younger than me. So um, she told me several years ago, she wanted to be a nurse and I'm like, okay, go be a nurse, mm-hmm. right? Go to school, be a nurse. You're not, I mean, do it. 
she didn't do it and i was I, I was just so trying to encourage her to you know she thought it, she thought she was too old like she couldn't go back and, and do this i'm like no do it because where you don't want to be is four years from now looking back and said had i started when i wanted to I would already be a nurse and I'd be out here doing the things that I want to do. Right. So, yeah. I mean, talk know. about the tape playing in your head, right? Yeah. There's, there's that's a whole separate tape uh, that, that plays in people's heads of, I wish I had, or the regret, right. or if I had taken this path, you know, one of the things that very similar to this podcast for me, as I mentioned, the meditation stuff has been really, really helpful for me. And one of the things that I had this experience where uh, a group called the minority veterans of America, which I've helped kind of in the past several years, start from, basically two people to now over 2,000 members. Wow. And it's really powerful, the work that they're doing. In fact, they'd be great people for you to talk to as well. That'd be awesome. To connect you. Um, their story is incredible. And it's, you know, it's, it's essentially came out of, there's, there's a veteran experience, and then there's a minority veteran experience. So it's, it's, it's twice not seen, essentially. Yeah. And one of the things they asked me at the very beginning of the, of the pandemic was, hey, you know, at a past conference that I'd been at in person, obviously pre-pandemic, I had led them through a meditation. Now, I, I sort of stumbled through it, honestly, Bo. I was like, look, I, I listen to a lot of meditation, but I'm not, a, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. They're like, yeah, but I, we trust you and you could, yeah. you could do this, right? It's, it's, it's you're one of us and I'm not necessarily going to listen to something that of someone I don't know, but I trust you. So I stumbled through it. It was fine. Well, they came back during the pandemic and they said, hey, we've got a lot of veterans um, who identify as male we're struggling in this in this time in the loneliness in the sense of i've got to figure it all out i've got to take care of everything i'm not sure the ambiguity they said do you mind just setting up time like zoom times <clears throat> where you can just gather and talk and maybe do a meditation maybe not just hold space and i said sure no problem and the interesting thing happened though was a lot of people signed up mm -hmm. uh, veterans who identified as male but when the day came to actually join nobody joined and what's really interesting is I found myself staring back at myself in a Zoom session. Wow. Thinking, right, the comms officer in me, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, something's wrong. I got the invite wrong. Uh -huh. The bandwidth's not working. Like, there has to be a reason that nobody's, nobody's here. And I realized everything was fine, like green across the board, four nines. But what I, what I also learned was when certain people are trying to find a way in and there's too many doors, yeah. sometimes they don't open any of them. They just stay, they just stay put. And it was a really humbling experience for me. And so what I ended up doing, right? Here's here's the the ingenuity in us. Yeah. I said, "All right, if they don't come, no big deal. I'm just going to record what I was going to say. And I'm going to send it over to the organization and I'm going to say, "Hey, I understand people didn't come. No big deal. It's totally optional. If people do want something, here's where they can get it." Mm -hmm. And that turned into sort of a four-week thing. Wow. Where I open up the Zoom Nobody came week two, open up the Zoom, nobody came week three, open up the Zoom, nobody came week four. So part of it was very humbling, right? The ego is just dying. I'm like struggling. <laughs> but the other part of me is like, just do what you were going to do mm -hmm. and put it out there and let it find its way. And it led to essentially this whole piece of people saying, I think you should record more and I think you should put it in places where more people can get it. Nice. And I've started to do that. But that was a completely courageous journey. Yeah. I never would have said, like, I, I, didn't, I was not one of the people who believed I could do this. Mm -hmm. But I tried it. And now it's helping a lot of people, veterans and others. And yeah. it's such a great reminder of you never know. Like, just try. Just try. Yeah. You, nev you don't. You, you never know. Take, take a step. Take a leap of faith. Um, for sure. 
I kind of, you know, it takes, I, I kind of had a similar thought when I was um, writing my book. And then even with the, even with the podcast, you know, it, it's the, you know what, if one person listens or one person reads and they, and it helps them in some way, then it was worth my time to do it. And I don't, I don't need to know who they are. I don't need any, I don't need, I don't need the analytics. I don't need the analytics or the feedback. (laughs) You know, somebody, somebody listens and they, they get something from it and it can help them in their journey. Then amazing. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. 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 No, I totally, I totally agree. And this is, this is what's, this is what feeds the fuel for me is that is as, as you described, it's that, you know, if one person hears something in a, in a discussion or a podcast and it helps them, it helps them catch, catch that next breath. It helps them take that next step. It helps Mm -hmm. them do that courageous decision. Awesome. I'm good. I'm good for the year. Like, that's it. I'm like, I don't need, I don't need more than that. Um, it's it's a great feeling. Um, where can people find out a little more about you, the podcast, your book? You do a lot of speaking. You help a lot of leaders. This is a time where, I mean, frankly, I think as we come out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, we're going to need a lot of people who can get really good advice, coaching, strategy, mm-hmm. uh, listening from, from folks like you. So, yeah, I would love for you to tell people where they can learn more about you, the show, sure. the book, the, the thought leadership. Yeah, so our website is Robert Brabo. Dot com. That's B-R-A-B as in boy, O, robertbrabo.com. From there, uh, on the site, you can you can get links to the book. The book is available on Amazon, uh, but I sell signed copies through the website. Uh, any any You can book time with me through the website. Uh, you can get to, I have an e-learning platform for HR professionals uh, that they can get to e- uh, online courses that I've put out there. Uh, for the HR world, for recertification, continuing education is all there through the website. Uh, all our contact information, office phone, cell phone, email, it's all there. And I love talking to people. I love setting up time. If you want, you know, you want to have a 15, 30 minute conversation, I'm happy to do it. Just use the, use the calendar, uh, the book me button, and it'll, it'll set up a time. You can talk to me. We'll have a Zoom We'll have a Zoom video call. We'll meet each other, chat, get to know each other, and and I'll see however we can help. Um, podcast links are there as well. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate the time this morning. It was great to connect, and I, I'm, I'm certain our paths overlapped at some point. Like there they were some probably digit, did. There were some digits that went through some system that you were in charge of that I was probably on the other side trying to make sense of as, a, as, a, as an LT. So uh, I appreciate uh, uh, sure. that service that you were doing, um, and I appreciate the time and sharing the stories. I'm Thanks excited so. to, to follow the progress of the podcast. And, appreciate um, it. Yeah, if there's it's anything you need, reach out and, and let me know how I can help. I will do that. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much. 